Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Hey everybody, welcome to a special Christmas Day episode with me, Alex, your host for Undying Light, and I am joined today by Chris from Ezra Reads the Law. Chris, you want to say hi? Hi, Merry Christmas everybody. Thank you for joining us. Yes, indeed. Merry Christmas to everybody. And what a, a, just a spectacular day, right? I mean, just an absolute marvelous moment that we get to come together and celebrate the birth of our savior and this is something that you and i have been planning for a couple of months now right i think since we started talking about it yeah a while back yeah in november or something maybe or even a little earlier might have even been october yeah. yeah and it's crazy how fast the years crept up even though with all of the chaos it's like yeah. when <laughs> when will the year end? And here we are at yeah. the at the year's end already. So uh so Chris, this has been something that's kind of really been on I think on your mind um for the last couple of weeks. You've really kind of put some some of the effort into this uh into research and, and kind of constructing where where you want to go with this show. And uh, we, you know, we we opened it a little bit differently this time. Instead of just kicking off the music, we had you read Luke chapter two, 
And yes. uh, so we're going to uh, look at Luke. We're going to look at Matthew. And we're going to look at uh, a couple of the prophecies that kind of come out of those texts. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to you and, and kind of let you take the wheel for a minute and see what the people have in store. All right. All right. Well, uh, I, I did, in fact, read uh, what we read uh, right there at the beginning was Luke chapter two. It was the first seven verses, uh, the account of Jesus's birth in Bethlehem. I, I didn't go on from there. I didn't go on into verse eight and beyond with the shepherds in the field um, or in the fields. I, I wanted to cut it at the seven verses. As I've mentioned to people who are listening to my podcast, I'm working out of uh, Harmony of the Gospels. Um, a specific one that specifically uh, outlined these seven verses as its own little segment. So I wanted to focus on those. Um, and I think it's funny because I know a while back you were doing the the attribute series, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And I thought about I, I thought about this today actually. Um, it was kind of cool to realize. I thought it would have been cool to get on and discuss God's sovereignty mm. uh, together on an episode and. That's a lot of the weight of what I want to look at with these seven verses is God's sovereignty. Um, I love all the mundane little details that happen in life, choices that we make that were kind of just on a whim. I I ended up going to a new church out here in California, uh, completely based on a evening Thanksgiving service the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I didn't realize I end up loving it. Uh, I met one of the Patreons, one of our friends from Instagram, mm. uh, Joel, Joel, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joel, Joel Jitsu Reformed. I met him, uh, so we became buddies. We actually have a lot of common background. It's It seems like these inane little details that you maybe only see the bigger picture when you look back. And in reality, we might not even see the whole bigger picture because we're not God. We don't have the vantage point that God has sitting on his throne in heaven. That's so true. Yep. So in in Luke two we meet this uh, ruler Caesar Augustus who was the he was the next major ruler of Rome after after I believe it was Julius Caesar I believe it was mm-hmm. um, and what's fascinating this is a pagan ruler he doesn't he's not cognizant of the prophecies of the Hebrew people he's not cognizant of the Jewish prophecies of a coming Messiah. It's, he, he wants his money, right? He wants his tax money. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's all greed and, and power for him. That's all he wants. Mm-hmm. World, worldly things. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'll give the side note that, you know, considering the craziness of our world today, um, it's become, if there was ever a year in my life that was going to make it easy to like, let go and really trust that God is sovereign and he's got whatever he's got decreed, it's going to happen. And he knows what he's doing. It's this year. Yeah. Um, and we definitely saw that with uh, Caesar Augustus. He wanted that a census to be taken of all the inhabited earth, which, you know, uh, obviously it's like, OK, well, the, these tribes down in like South America need to come up and we need the uh, Eskimos. up north. It, it, obviously the known world to them, the Roman Empire. And, right. Yeah. And, and, and so he gets everyone on their way in verse three to register for the census, each to their own city. Um, I don't know if it's known why the, the the jewish people ha- had to go to their uh their family I, I guess you could i don't know how to put this exactly their family uh their city of their family heritage maybe would be a good way to put it, it might have it seems almost like it might have been a jewish type of a detail mm-hmm. that occurred um 
something with them. And they were big on the genealogies. I mentioned this back in the genealogy episodes that the genealogies for the Jewish people were a huge deal. So, so uh, Mary and Joseph, they end up going to Bethlehem, the city of David. Um, that's where David was born. Um, it's, and again, looking back to those genealogy episodes I did, they draw, both draw lineage from David. So they go back to the, the city of their ancestor, David, Bethlehem. Uh, they're of the house of David. They go there. They go to register. Um, and it's, for me, that really is incredible that it's just this pig. Again, it's just, I know maybe I'm beating a dead horse here, but <laughs> this pagan ruler, mm-hmm. he makes the choice. He wants his money. <laughs> he wants to get everyone census and uh, counted. Yep. And that, that decree business as usual is all part of God's plan. Had things been off by whatever amount of time, Jesus was born to Mary and Joseph when he was born. And that happened precisely when they were in Bethlehem. Uh, It it looks back to a prophecy, actually, in the Old Testament. I know we're both going to be looking back at the Old Testament. Uh, It's what we do. Um, I've probably said it a million times on my show. It all points to Jesus. The Old Testament points forward to Jesus Christ. Yes. there's a little prophecy in Micah, in the fifth chapter of Micah, um, in the second verse specifically, it reads, uh, Micah 5, verse 2, But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings, his goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. And that statement there, his goings forth are from long ago from the days of eternity. We're talking about somebody that's been around for all eternity. And there's only one that's eternal. That's God. Yep. So that ties to everything that I know I've looked at in the show. I, I believe you're going to be looking at as well. Mm-hmm. This is God incarnate. This yep. is Emmanuel. Absolutely. God with us. Yep. And, to, and to touch on that, I want to throw it to you now. Because <laughs> uh, the section you're looking at in Matthew, I believe we get some of that language. The What's Emmanuel in the... I know we could see a little more of the Old Testament prophecies looking forward to Jesus. Absolutely. So uh, so for people who have been following my podcast, um, the first couple of weeks in December, I've looked at Matthew 1 and chapters 2, and I've done a uh, text on the uh, prophecies coming out of Isaiah, and I've talked on the just kind of everything that's surrounding that whole text in relationship to uh, verses 18 and actually on into the sixth verse in chapter two, because that actually the sixth verse is the fulfillment of Micah chapter five, verse two. And so, but it has echo over there in Luke chapter two as well. So, I mean, the, the, this, the proclamation from the old Testament has, so much unity and support and fulfillment in the new Testament. And that's the beauty that we get with the gospel. And, and I'm going to throw you a curveball because we didn't talk about this today. Ooh, I like curveballs, <laughs> but this is a slight rabbit hole and a bit of a tangent slash rant that I want to go on first for a minute. Yeah, I'm down. So a friend of mine had sent a post from this. Uh, I th- believe he's a pastor. Okay. Um, he says, Christian, husband, dad, he's a founder and director of the Immigrant Coalition. He's a quote-unquote pastor, speaker, and author. 
Uh, I'm not going to give too much details on him, but this is his post on Twitter and on Instagram. So I want you to read it because it has everything to do with this text that we just read. And and I want you to make sure that you're sitting down. Oh, boy. And for the (laughs) listeners, I want you to pull over, pull over or grip the wheel with both hands if you're driving the car. Oh, boy. All right, here we go. Christmas reminds us of that one time Jesus was one brown skinned two a migrant child three an unborn baby and four facing persecution this means the poor people of color migrants children unborn babies and those facing persecution deeply matter to god so here's here's my tangent first yes. first of all scripture doesn't directly tell us any of this other than the fact that Jesus literally is an unborn baby. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that that's given. Uh, one, we don't know if uh, Jesus was necessarily brown-skinned because there's uh, Jewish people who are who are white. Yeah, I mean, that's if, true. If you go to Israel, there are white Jews. Yes. Not, not to shock that's the that. world, but there is. But again, I'm fully accepting to the fact that if Christ happened to be brown-skinned, then so be it. But we have to we have to leave it open that skin color matters literally zero to the gospel. That's that's the absolute truth. I mean, literally zero matters nothing. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's it's an interesting post. So (laughs) so so then the migrant child. Right. That's that's the next level. That's the fulfillment of text that we've that we literally just read that he's that. uh, um, actually, it comes here a little bit later in, in the text in Matthew, the flight to Egypt, starting in the 13th verse. Yes. He's leaving his town, not because of persecution. He's leaving to fulfill prophecy. He's leaving because there have been prophets that have said right here in verse 15 out of Egypt, I called my son. That is prophet prophecy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, God uses a wicked ruler to instill a manhunt against this newborn king. This isn't yeah. mass persecution. This isn't mass, you know, uh, anything. It's a wicked ruler that doesn't like his authority challenge he doesn't want his throne challenge exactly oh you guys have a king no let's, let's fix this now yep. let's kill all these babies let's kill all these youngins yep. yeah because he yeah. is he is bent on removing jesus and so yeah they are warned to go to egypt and i believe if i'm not mistaken at this particular time egypt was i don't think where they went they were in northern egypt i don't think that was under roman rule Hmm. So yeah, I'm not sure either. I, I know I know parts of Egypt were the whole uh, issue with Antony was it I think and yeah yeah. I I know I, I'm not sure. It, it's possible. It is possible. I, I'm I'm not sure though. Would have at least been outside of uh about outside of uh, Herod's um jurisdiction. Jurisdiction. Yeah. Yeah. So there's um there's a lot of I'm actually just I'm bringing this up here uh. Of text, there's actually a lot of articles around this particular question. Yeah. So 
by all means, uh, for those who are listening, go 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 do the research. It's it's quite a fascinating topic, right? This flight to Egypt and the mm-hmm. fulfillment of these prophecies. But anyways, that's not the the, the point, right? Jesus wasn't right. a migrant child. You know, a lot of it, my migrant it, children it, then are different than today. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't know. Um, this, this actually makes me think of something I remember. I think it was last Christmas. Uh, it was a church. Actually, it was a church in my hometown uh, back in uh, Claremont, California. Uh, United Methodist Church. Um, and they had the the Holy Family. They had Jesus, Mary, Joseph uh, in cages and separated. Oh, I heard it, about this. Yeah. It made, yeah, it made a, if I remember, it made a nationwide splash. It's like, oh, my little hometown of Claremont made a nationwide splash. Hmm. Um, it, I, God had his purposes for taking them to Egypt, as you said. Mm-hmm. Got him out of Dodge just in time for Herod to flip and start trying to kill the babies. Um, it fulfilled prophecy, which Christ's life fulfilled Again, the Many. whole Old Testament pointing to the coming Messiah. Three, three hundred um, and some plus prophecies. But I'll tell you something: the 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 word records these details, things like that that fulfills prophecy. I will draw my son out of Egypt. Um, the things uh, that whole section about that. It, it, right before that, this is an interesting um, uh, rabbit trail within the rabbit trail. As I was a uh, listening to sermons concerning these texts, um, the, the gifts that were given to them. And I, I forgot what teacher was speculating that what, what, what use would a young child and his poor family, son of a carpenter have for gold, frankincense and myrrh. Perhaps again, it was speculation. This is not outlined specifically in the scripture that I know yeah. of, um, could have helped fund things for a family uh, not a not well-to-do family fleeing to a foreign land where they didn't have uh, any connections, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good point. But ultimately, so I see in that again more of God's sovereignty. Those details that, like, He sees the full picture and He's got His hand on the wheel. He's controlling mm-hmm. all of human history. It's it's. I hate to use the stereotypical phrase "His story," but it kind of is. He's in control. Yeah. He's sovereign. Um. Does the scripture go through great pains to explain that, oh, well, he was a migrant to this country? No. How about his skin color? I actually, while you were speaking, I actually pulled up uh, Isaiah 53. I think this might be the one major thing. We're not going to count the the Christophanies. We're not going to count his glorious appearance at the Transfiguration or in the book of Revelation. We're going to just, this is, for me, this is one of the simplest statements on the appearance of the coming Messiah for people. I, I once heard somebody say, like, oh, you know, he's so handsome, you know, and you're basing it off these images that have been created about the Messiah. Yeah, which are all false. Right, mm-hmm. right. Amen. Uh, Isaiah 53, the section on the suffering servant, um, it was verse 2, uh, verse 2, part B. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. I think I heard, I want to say it was John MacArthur. I'm probably terribly wrong. MacArthur, it was probably MacArthur. I think I, I think I know where you're going with this. I heard some preacher, some teacher say at some point, he's somebody we, we probably would have just seen if we were alive at that time. He probably would have walked right by us. Yep. So I think in the Gospels, if I, correct, please correct me if I'm wrong on this. I'm I'm grasping at this here. Um, I've I've read these things, but 
I, I think everyone that was drawn to him, it, it was this, they, the spirit had to have moved in them. They knew that they were speaking to the Messiah or that they, he, they knew he was their Lord, he or, was called or, Lord or, or yeah, or a prophet or something, somebody something, of stature. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a holy, in a spiritual way, a holy way of God, not, not like, Oh, you so handsome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I believe the text in Isaiah is yes. so blunt. Um, and I think MacArthur even said it, that by today's standards, Jesus would have just been really ugly. Possibly. Like Possibly. we would, we would have probably have even ridiculed him because he just has no outward attraction mm-hmm. whatsoever. Absolutely. Absolutely. But amazing what he did for us mm-hmm. on that cross. Like I, it's so perfect. The, the way the whole of the whole of scripture, this, we hold this book in our hands. This is the whole story of God's salvation mm-hmm. for humanity. Like from the beginning and the fall and how sins infected the entirety of the human race to his glorious triumph at the end of the book, everything in between the, the triumph on the cross, the triumph when he resurrected from the dead. Yep. It, yeah. It's beautiful. Every section of this book interwoven, interconnected, all pointing to Jesus. Absolutely. It's, it's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I we went down a nice little rabbit trail. We did. I, I, yeah. Totally worth it though. Totally worth it. It was. I I don't. I have no clue where we were going though. <laughs> if you remember. Yeah. I, I no. I do. And and I, it comes back to this premise that um, a lot of people try to take the Christmas narrative and make it into something it's not. And yeah. I, and I said it, this when I preached Sunday that the the Christmas story isn't about a baby. It's about the birth of our king. It is the coming mm-hmm. Messiah, and it is the anticipation of the end. Now that Amen. we have the promised Messiah who has lived, died, and resurrected, we know as Christians we are just waiting for him to come and take his church home. Amen. Amen. And it, it, it is not about the skin color because that's not going to save you. And I got into these long debates with this lady, and, and I really hope that I kind of got through to her. Because it got heated at times. Uh, I, she got really offended when I told her that Jesus didn't come to save everybody. Yeah. Oh, that that election. It's yeah. Hard one. It's Not tough. An easy one. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll send you the post and you can read if you want. There's like 50 comments on there, so it's just. I'll check it out. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's it's a hard one. It's, it's a, a hard it's one. a brain twister. But anyway, so yes, as we get into the prophecies, right? Because this is the point. When Jesus went to Egypt, he was doing what? Fulfilling prophecy. When mm-hmm. when he was born, he was doing what? Fulfilling prophecy. Fulfilling prophecy, yes. And so we see, you read Micah 5, verse 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go and we're going to read Isaiah 7. Uh, I believe it's the ninth verse. Let me pull it up on my screen. Um, boy, I am terrible here. I should have had this pulled up on my screen much before. Nope. It's the 14th verse. Yes. 14. So, and see, and I, was, I told Chris before we recorded that if we screw up, you know, bad enough on the show that I'm like, oh, I'll just cut cut the time and, and do a little, little post editing. And then I screw up. I make a big goof. And uh, I'm just going to leave it in because it's organic. It's yeah, nice. <laughs> it is. It makes it people feel that they actually get the raw me. So, yeah. 
and, and and for those who do listen, I, I do do a little editing, but not a ton. It's just usually if I can't pronounce a word, which takes me like 65 minutes to pronounce it, y'all know how good I am at pronouncing words. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, Isaiah 7 in the 14th verse tells us, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, this is a wonderful verse, and it's in the midst of a very interesting context. So I advise you to go and read all of Isaiah 7, but um, basically it has a context around a wicked ruler that this prophecy was given to, and it just kind of fits right in there, and it has very little surrounding context to it because it kind of fits in part of a bigger narrative. But this one verse is called forward by Matthew in the 23rd verse in chapter one, Mm -hmm. Matthew writes, and we're going to go back to the 22nd to read it. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so I was preaching on this text yesterday um, as we record this episode yesterday was Sunday. And I, I really amplified this moment, right? The, the text is focusing here on the angel telling Joseph these things. And they shall bear a son, or she shall bear a son. Mary will bear a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Now, we, we do see that... Uh, Rewind a verse, actually uh, two verses here to get more context. We see a different name given to our Lord. Uh, Let's go back to verse 20. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear and take Mary as your wife. For what was conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So we see that Jesus is a reflection or a a name of one who will save his people from their sin. Then literally two verses later, we get another name given to us, Emmanuel, that this is God with us. So Christ, Jesus, who comes in the flesh, takes our sins from us and dwells with us. Yeah. And the beauty of this uh, is the fact that this isn't a God that's distant. This isn't a God that's far away. And in fact, this isn't a God that's even dead. This is a God who dwells with us. And interestingly enough, in in all of the turmoil that we have going on today in in this crazy world with coronavirus and the political uh, chaos Mm -hmm. and all the division in the country and around the world and he is still present and is still sovereign. He's still in control. And this is the promise that God gives to us that he will save us. He will bless us and he will protect his children. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can't get a better prophecy than that to be fulfilled, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It's absolutely incredible what he accomplished. And, you know, so as we, we, we look at this holiday season, we look at Christmas, you know, I, I've been blessed enough to take on a role as a lead pastor. Yeah, which is awesome. awesome. It is. And it's a wonderful church. And so I've got some work to do 
um, and kind of getting them up to the technological field, you know, getting them up to speed and getting a website and stuff going for them. But yeah, um, one of the things that I've liked that I've done here in, in December is I've got to preach on a Christmas series. And so, yeah. as I mentioned early in the show, I've, I've preached on the prophecies and then week two of December will will cover the names that Isaiah nine gives us. And, uh, and then in week three, we're going to go over the kind of the narrative, I believe from Luke, uh, one as the precursor, right? The announcement. Yeah. And then, um, so we're going to give, I'll do the, the, that. And then, and, uh, Christmas Eve, we'll do Luke two and we'll talk about the birth and kind of what you talked about. Very nice. Very nice. So, I mean, I just, I just sit and, and I was, I've had these conversations with a few people in my church and I am just, this is my favorite time of year, Christmas season from Thanksgiving till Christmas. And it's crazy because it's like December 7th as we record this episode Mm -hmm. and, and this will drop December 25th, but I I just, I feel like it's going by so quick and, 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 Rightly so, because I'm I'm working a you know full time job still as I'm transitioning to ministry. We're doing a podcast and I'm still in seminary. I know you're busy, yeah, all the time. Yeah. I, I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how you. I was gonna say I don't know how I keep up. I don't know how you keep up. <laughs> it is absolutely insane. Yeah, it's uh, it's mind blowing, but it's a blessing because the you know the time that God has given me to to kind of etch in tonight to record. And uh, I was actually in school as we were texting, kind yeah. of setting up the show. I was in in a, cl- in a class. And so, you know, you, you just juggle multiple things. And yeah. but when I reflect on this season, I, I just can't help but marvel at the unity of Scripture. And and I know you're going through the harmony of the Gospels and how connected the Gospels are. Um, yeah. I preached um, last Sunday. Right, I'm trying to think of when, where I'm at in my life here. Yes, that would been. <laughs> this is a Monday. That would have been. Are you talking about yesterday? No. Well, I've I've done the last two Sundays. Okay. Um, oh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So a Sunday ago, not yesterday, but a Sunday ago, okay. the end of November. Um, okay. I preached on the. It was the first Sunday in Advent for the Christian calendar, and so for those who understand the Christian calendar, uh, Advent usually starts. Uh, was it four weeks before Christmas? Right. Uh, one, two, one, two, three, four. Yeah, four weeks before Christmas. Hmm. Right. So this one would have been the 29th of November, and I preached, and it always is a text, or usually a text on the end of times. Okay. And, and so I made the notion and the, the comment about, you know, starting off. Advent season by looking at the end because this is yeah. the time that Christ is going to declare all things to end. And I just, you know, you can't help but but notice that as I read through Mark 13, which corresponds to Matthew 24 and 25, the Olivet yes. Discourse. Yes, that's a good part. That's a good passage. Yeah, it is. Good... It's fantastic. And, and I can't help but just marvel at, at, at how well and connected and supported each of the gospels are and people love to be like well you know there's so many contradictions in the bible yeah no i mean if i were to write this if i were to write a a one page 
you know, essay detailing a car accident that I just witnessed firsthand. And then you write a one page essay detailing a car accident, the same car accident. Yeah, they would be different. It's going to be that way. It it would have been a lot more suspicious. Little differences people like to call out in the uh, in the Gospels. It would have been quite a bit more suspicious had these differences not been in place. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. If they were like perfect identical or if they were completely different. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there has to be difference of perspectives. And I made that comment. Right. I said that, you know, uh, the when we understand the unity of the gospel, we can or the unity of scripture, for that matter, mm-hmm. we can read each gospel and understand the stories, but come from a different perspective. And yeah. uh, for for the Patreons who, you know, help donate to the ministry of Undying Light, we do uh, a Bible study and we've been in Mark for this time and we've got to, uh, was it Mark 8 with, or is it the end of 7 or 8 when he um, makes the blind man see? I believe so. I believe so, that's so somewhere it. in that ballpark. Yeah. And, uh, but the text in uh, Matthew says that he spits in the mud or is it John, John nine, he spits in the mud to, to make the John. blind. Yeah. John nine, he spits in the mud to, to make the blind man see. Yeah. And so, okay. So Mark leaves out the spit. Does that matter? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, or it, does it? It, 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 it has implications, but it doesn't necessarily, I mean, it's not going to change the, the reading of the text. Because you just go to John and you say, oh, here's a different piece to the puzzle. Yeah. Different story. I should point out to the audience, to listeners, um, that I was there for this particular discussion. I was on the Zoom Bible study for this one, and I, I just blanked. So I feel I feel smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, even yeah. even in the uh, um, the text for in Mark, when Jesus says he's going to come in the clouds in glory. That text opens with um, the sun will darken, the moon will not give light, yeah. the stars will fall from the heavens. Yeah. Now, the, the text in Matthew 25, though, uh, or is it the end of 24? The text in Matthew 24 says that there will be a loud trumpet blast. Well, Mark omits the trumpet blast. Huh. So the, the understanding that we have to have with each of the Gospels is that there are certain things that the writers omit. Mm-hmm. And some that include, and so if Mark includes something, it's extremely important to understand it. But, yeah. But either way, we're getting off track with rabbit holes and whatnot. But I, the okay. the reason I stress this though is to come back to the the story of the birth of Christ and how perfectly unified Luke and and Matthew are, and how mm-hmm. they complement and fulfill all of this old testament text. Yes. Yes. It, it is I, it's it's beautiful. It is the coherence cohesiveness is that a better word for it? cohesiveness? Yeah, that's a good word. word of God. Yeah, I like that one. We'll go with cohesiveness. That one works. It, it's it's amazing the unity of the whole of scripture. I mean it's and to think about it, we hold it in our hands as one book, unless if you know you're you're rolling and you have one of those like reader sets that you have like the six volumes, 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. One day. Sigh. One day. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, we're, we, for the most part, hold our Bible in our hand. One book physically in our hand. Um, and it's like, it's, it's worth remembering. These are 66 individual writings. Um, it, this is a library, basically a small library that we're holding in our hands. All these different authors over how many millennia? Um, yeah, two, I believe telling the same unified, not not two more than two. What am I thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Very long stretch of world history. Mm -hmm. Same narrative, all pointing to the same figure the god man jesus christ who came to dwell with his creation god who came to dwell with his creation uh, in in the mission that was decreed by god how he would save his people how he would redeem people save them from their sins yeah and i think i think people kind of miss that right they they want a um they want something extravagant they want a sign or a wonder or a miracle or they want, they want, I don't know what they're wanting, but Jesus calls them hypocrites and, and, and whatnot, because that's all they desire is something that the gospel doesn't deliver. And, and when we look at this story that starts in Genesis one and completes in revelation, it's mm-hmm. this marvelous as you said, cohesive story to that, that unfolds and it shows God's redemptive plan and all of the old Testament points us to Christ. It's not just a, you know, Christ isn't just a, a bandaid. Christ isn't just a fix to some problems. Christ is a pick me up. He's not a, he, he will fix some problems. You know, he, he will lift our spirits, lift our countenance. These are, Things that could happen, but mm-hmm. that's not the point. It is not the point. He saves us from our sins. That is so true, and I think, I think people get lost in that, and and it yeah. kind of bugs me. You know, like I had this conversation with this lady on on that thread with that guy. You know that Jesus doesn't come to save all people. You know the gospel is very explicit, and and it's been that way since Genesis three. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, you can kind of bump up to to the flood account, right? When you start to really oh, see yeah. God's sovereign choice go out. But I mean, yeah. you see it all throughout the text, right? God chose Jacob over Esau. He um, chose eight people on the flood. He chose Israel as a nation. Mm-hmm. So is God unfair in this? No. I mean, he... I, I said the text earlier, Matthew 21. Verse uh, chapter one, verse twenty-one. For he will save his people, mm-hmm. not not just you know not not all of the Americans, not all the Russians, not the Chinese, because all his people, his from people every, from every tribe, every nation, every tongue. Yeah, yep, yeah. And uh, I, I just. Oh man, it just, it gets to me. And and I said it in my sermon yesterday that my biggest passion and the, one of the reasons why I went into ministry is because of, there's a massive lack of biblical understanding. Yeah. And, and especially focusing around the Christmas narrative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we read this text, there's so much richness to it. 
there's so much depth that we can go in and discuss, you know, uh, before we even started recording, you were talking to me about, oh, do we want to talk about this piece in Isaiah? <laughs> all these, all these details, these right? extremely finite details, right? We could talk about, we could do a whole sermon on what, you know, the life was like in the days of Caesar and, you know, what would life have been like for, for uh, Mary and Joseph to travel and, you know, we could we could do a whole hour episode on that. We and, could, you, yeah, absolutely, but, absolutely. But is it is it necessary though? And and this is this is the thing that kind of just bugs me a little bit. And, I, and I'm gonna uh, I gotta stop ranting. <laughs> this is the thing that bugs me is people forget the simplicity of the gospel. We try yeah. to make it so hard. We try to say. You know, we try to talk about the finite details of Caesar's life and the life of the Jews under Roman oppression. And we try to, you know, discuss the laws and the oppression that the Pharisees had on them. And we miss the miracle of the birth. Yeah. Because here it is, 400 years of silence between Malachi and John the Baptist proclamation. Mm-hmm. Yep. For the all silence, no prophets had spoken. They had not heard from their God. Nothing, not a miracle in sight anywhere. Nothing, nothing dry, nothing. It's it, it, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Long period of silence. I, I'm going to draw a blank. That I was going to say something, but um, <laughs> it's, a lot of and a lot of this stuff, I will say, a lot of this stuff can be very fascinating too. I mean, there were details I've heard in the past that I did not remember. I, uh, how Rome, how Rome basically came to be. God ordained that that the Messiah would come at a time that this world power would rise, that this Pax Romana, 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 well, Pax Romana sounds better. We're going with that. This Pax Romana would come about. Uh, that there would be this essential semblance of peace. I mean, uh, these Roman roads would be built. There would be like fluid borders with these different nations that the gospel would be able to just be spread and proclaimed easily. It, 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 yeah, I'm, I, I've said it before. If there's one attribute of God that I'm ever fascinated with, ever in awe of, it's his sovereignty. It's the way he coordinates and decrees everything it's amazing that is that is so true because the other aspect to all of this is his sovereign decree this is yep. something that god has orchestrated from genesis three fifteen. oh yeah the mm-hmm. un, until yeah. to till this moment in time and i just yeah. I like that we were thinking of the same verse there. That was that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I guess I guess what just again, it comes back to this whole like how could we sit here today and 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 be just completely and just miss the picture, right? Miss this this the, the truth that is being brought to us through the text. In, I mean, in any of the in, in any of the birth accounts, it's it's. I would say for myself, it's imaginable because um, I mean, 
I, I swear when I, when I really began to start to learn and understand human depravity, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I, I, I think, I don't know how to put this or how to put this into words. I'll say this. Um, the people who should have recognized the Messiah that they were waiting for miles away with all the head knowledge of all their scriptures, the Jewish scriptures, the old Testament, everything, um, the, the Pharisees, the scribes should have recognized, uh, who Jesus was. And there was a hardness to their, in their heart. There was a hardness of heart there. Um, Mm -hmm. it took God's spirit to, uh, illumine the people that would recognize that this was the Messiah, that this was the Lord. Um, and, I, I think that I see reflections of that um, speculating of this maybe isn't lined out so exactly in scripture that there are principles there, you know, the itching ears and um, pe- people heaping up the sugar coated preaching to the satisfy itching ears and whatnot, or the love growing cold lovers of self type things that maybe look forward. I want to make sure everything stays in context, of course. Um, Maybe we see a little bit of that nowadays. Um, we've got the text. We in America, we we're not one of the countries that, have, at least not yet, has to hide our Bibles and has no access. We've got a glut of Bibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can go buy Bible. We can go buy the fanciest leather Bibles online, <laughs> like we're at a candy store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and like tons of resources. You're always promoting logos. Mm-hmm. Tons of resources there. Greek interlinears, Hebrew interlinears. We could dive in layers and layers and commentaries. Two thousand years of church history. Mm-hmm. Oh my word! Everything. Um, without the Holy Spirit moving us, uh, like we see with Nicodemus and Jesus explaining that in John three, the new birth, the birth from above. Um, yeah, without the Holy Spirit moving, without it being a work of God in us we won't see it. We mm-hmm. won't spiritual blindness. You can fill your head with all the Bible knowledge you want. I, I, for myself, I'll put myself out there. I worry about this myself. Sometimes I'm like, I love learning about the Bible. I love sharing it on my podcast, but it's like, I constantly check myself and I'm like, is this affecting me? Like, is this growing my faith? Is this, yeah. is God, am I letting, am I open and, Am I letting God move? And, and not that I need to let God do anything. God's going to do what God's going to do. And hey, we're along for the ride, you know? Um, he's sovereign. But I, I, I want to make sure that it's not just head knowledge, that it's not just, oh, let's just learn some stuff. It's like, I want this to shape me. Man, I mm-hmm. another side tangent. Like no, Joel, it's good. I, I, I mentioned Joel. We went to church yesterday, and they were on James 3, the, the tongue, the 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 tongue the flame of mm-hmm. the tongue yep with all of that you know what I mean um mm-hmm. and wow conviction absolutely you all know over. but yeah. but you brought up a good point because you know you can get online and order a Bible and have nice goatskin or calfskin or, or you know cowhide or whatever yeah you can have the most basic you know imitation leather paperback hardback Bibles <laughs> you can have one that's beaten up and bruised and torn to shreds and it Absolutely. still works. So, I have a friend that has a paperback Bible and she loves it. Yeah. It's her, and it's like, yeah. I've got a $6 imitation Bible in my office that I just love because I can beat it up. Mm-hmm. Not not that I'm hard on it, but I'm like, you know, I can bend it open and I can, I don't have to worry about pages getting bent or creased because it's, you know, yeah. 
And if you're like me, those are the ones that are getting written in. Whereas yeah. like the nice ones, I'm like, I read okay. this one. I love how it feels in my hands. I'm like, mm-hmm. not touching it with a pen. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. we can get so haughty in head knowledge. Mm-hmm. We get so prideful in head knowledge that we, that the gospel has no landing for us. And, yeah. and so we have to be careful of that. But I also want to make it a note too, that this is, this and, and Easter are two of the hardest seasons for churches. And, and I'll tell you why, because I sat in a elder meeting yesterday and we were discussing Christmas Eve service and they were talking about how they usually get an influx of people. You know, the get, yeah, the creasters, right? So we get about 40 to 50 people on a Sunday on average and right. they get north of about 125 to 150 on Christmas. And mm, which wow. is, which is normal, right? Double three, yeah. double to three times your number. And, and it, what, what gets me is this is the only opportunity people can hear the gospel mm. and preachers will often just fumble the ball. They are on the one yard line using a football analogy and they'll fumble the ball. Or, or become a program or like what plays or yeah. this or that, which in of themselves, maybe they're not bad. I mean, share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple. Give people what is going to save them. Yep. Give them what's going to give them eternal life, the yep. gospel of Jesus. Call them all wretched sinners and then tell them that Jesus forgives them. Just drop the hammer. Just drop it. out. Sinners in the hand of an angry, angry God. Angry God. <laughs> exactly. God, the Easter, the Creaster edition. Yep. The edition, yes. So that's going to be my Christmas Eve kind of message, right? It's like, why do we need this this baby? Why do we need yeah. this child? Because you're sinners. <laughs> we are sinners. We are the, the whole of the human race. No, mm-hmm. no one's. If if it comes as a shock to anybody listening, any none of us not sinful. Only Jesus was sinless. That's all true. of us. We mm-hmm. we have faith. Thank your granddaddy. Thank your great granddaddy Adam. We inherited his sin. That guy. Um, that guy's just a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They wonder why I won't put fruit in my diet. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he was our. He was our federal head. Yeah. Uh, he was our federal head. Yeah. We're given his sin. We need to. How, how does Paul put it? Uh, put off the old flesh. Put off the old man. And put mm-hmm. on Christ. Put on Christ. Yep. Put on Christ's righteousness. Yep. Yeah. And uh, another translation could be kill the Adam so mm-hmm. that way the Christ in, in you can live. So, yeah. Yeah. But alas, we are approaching the end of the show, Chris. And, yes. And, you know, I've noticed that you and I are are very similar to, to adding Anthony to the mix because I could talk with you and him for hours and it would feel yeah, like fi- feel like 15 minutes. He's a cool guy, yeah. Yeah, he's he's all right, you know. He's he's, he's, <laughs> he's all right. He's all right. <laughs> Love you, Anthony. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna give you closing head here and uh, let you take it for a minute and say your final uh, remarks. Um, you know, if I could, uh, I'd love to close this with a prayer. Uh, yes. So I'll let you do that. After you have any additional remarks, because I'm going to throw some stuff out there real quick. Hmm. Let's see. Um, didn't think of what else. Um, if you didn't have anything at least to add to the show. If I had to say anything simple enough, 
uh, enjoy for everyone listening. Enjoy your Christmas. Mm. Enjoy it. I pray you get to enjoy it with family. Um, I know it's kind of difficult right now. Um, uh, keep in mind why we celebrate Christmas. Yep. Yes, we'll have the, the treats. We'll have you know presents. You know, don't don't break yourself. I think you talked about this in uh, mm-hmm. some of your previous episodes this month. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, remember it is about Jesus Christ. Not trying to be this the the common stereotypical statement, but it's the absolute truth. This is because Jesus Christ, the God Man, was born. Yep. To dwell with God dwelling with his people, Emmanuel, God with us, that he would die on that cross and free us from our sins. Amen. And I would echo those words and tell people to enjoy your Christmas. If you get to spend it with family, be blessed and mm-hmm. know how blessed you are. And yeah. let me let me just really put this out there for people listening that we've come to another year in life together. And this year has been hard and has been stressful and, and all that jazz. But let, let's say this. Life is extremely fragile. Mm-hmm. It, it literally, we can literally lose it by the, the, the flinch of God's finger. And so count your blessings. Know that you are surrounded by people that you love. And if you, you know, get to spend time with them this holiday season, you are extremely blessed. So enjoy this holiday season and uh, and just remember why you go to church Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, and that is to hear the gospel proclaimed. And so with that, I will turn it over to Chris to close us out with a prayer. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Lord God, thank you for the blessings that Alex and I have and being able to do podcasting, to be able to share your word word with a world that needs your word desperately, uh, that we're able to share the gospel. We're able to share Jesus Christ uh, with a world that needs to know about Jesus Christ, to know that uh, the only, only salvation we as humanity have is in Christ, is in what he accomplished, dying on that cross and being risen, uh, rising, being risen from the dead. Uh, Lord, I pray that these this holiday, this Christmas is a blessing to everyone. I pray people get to be with their families. If not, that they get to connect with their families in some way, Lord, that you will fill everyone. Begin to pour your spirit out onto this world, Lord God, uh, to, to wake more and more people to the truth of your gospel, to the truth of the gospel and of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Chris, thank you so much for uh, doing this episode with me, this has been uh, an amazing blessing, and I hope Thank we you. I hope we covered all of the agenda that you had set forward. Um, I I know myself; I will think of like five things within the next thirty minutes. That's just how it goes. <laughs> That's I've how it is. I do it. I do it too. I do it too. So I'm not alone on that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a knack that we podcasters have. So, but uh, yeah. guys, you can follow. Chris on Ezra Reads a Law, his podcast available on all major platforms, just like obviously you'll be listening to it on that because we're going to drop it on both channels. Yes. And uh, so if you listen to UL, go check him out. If you're listening to him and you don't know who I am, I would really appreciate it if you come listen to me. Uh, Undying light, y'all. Undying yeah, light. I mean, you don't have to because I can get kind of lame after a while, but I'm really good <laughs> when I have when I have uh, ho- co-hosts on my show. So 
really good stuff after <laughs> after christmas season is over he's going back you're going back into the eschatology season yeah i'm uh, <laughs> i'm starting to prep for that and i just my brain yeah. is so mushed right now i was really thinking about taking a few weeks off but i'm like i have made it a commitment and i must keep plowing through so very nice um, this this week will actually start uh the january 1st episode um and we're nice. going to start discussing new testament eschatology um, and uh, we're going to look at R.C. Sproul's book and Hope, uh, end times according to Jesus. Yep. So wonderful. Uh, wonderful. I think I think the primary focus now that this episode's ended, we're still recording uh, <laughs> is we're going to we're going to go on to uh, uh, we're going to look at Matthew 24 and 25 and Mark 13. I think those are the biggest Sweet. hotbeds yeah. of eschatology. And there's probably. I know there's all other the verses. Yeah. Yeah. All the dispensationalism you can handle in one gulp. Uh, cool. Drop it. Love it. <laughs> so we'll, we'll probably look at those in, in unity over the course of a few episodes. Um, yeah. I, I hope you at least get to take like maybe a two week. I'm planning to take at least a two week break. I'm thinking around January 6th will be the next drop. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought about it. Um, I might take a break between eschatology in the next series and that might just be a bonus episode so just something fun to do so but i you know i really enjoy doing this with people and i enjoy doing this for the people and so i just kind of keep chipping away at it so awesome Awesome. and i'm moving in a week so this is why we had to get all the christmas episodes recorded before december started (laughs) yes yes i love uh, it so, all right, we're going to end this recording. And uh, if you made it this far in the show, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thank Un- you very much. Until next time, go check out Chris's new podcast and get caught up on it. It is fantastic. You will not miss a beat. He is amazing. So, guys, God bless. Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll see you in the new year. God bless you guys. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.